Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on March 8, 2017 by guest preacher Pastor Phil Moldenhauer on the basis of Matthew 27, verses 1 through 5. The account of Judas is perhaps the most terrifying account in all of Scripture. Terrifying not because of the fact that it ended with a noose and with a field being named the field of blood. Terrifying not because we know what that meant for Judas's eternal fate. Terrifying because if we peel away the way in which we have vilified Judas to the point where we think he is some sort of monster, a Pharisee or a Sadducee, a Stalin or a Hitler or a serial killer. If we peel all of that away, the account of Judas terrifies us because it teaches us this. Sometimes the road to hell leads straight through the doors of the church. And what I mean by that is this. We tend to think about Judas as the terrible man who betrayed the Lord Jesus. That's what's most remembered about him. But if you didn't know that, and if you had met Judas before the day he betrayed Jesus, when he was just one of the twelve, what would you have thought of him? What would you have discovered? It's not like Judas wasn't one of those men, hand-selected, chosen by Jesus to be one of the twelve, right? And when Jesus sent them out to go and preach in his name, to heal people, to drive out demons, what do you think Judas was doing? He was doing all of those things. If we had met Judas, you know what we would have thought of him? We would have thought that he was a good, faithful, church-going Christian, a devoted follower of Jesus, somebody who not only comes to church on Sundays, but comes to the midweek Lent services on Wednesday night as well. We would have seen Judas and said, there's a man on fire for the gospel, a man on a mission. And that's what makes the account of Judas so terrifying, is the fact that this man who was on a mission to proclaim Christ somehow became the man on a covert mission, done in torchlight and darkness, betraying the Son of God. How could this have happened? How could it be that someone so close to Jesus, that someone not unlike any one of us, could have become the one to hand Jesus over? It's not like Satan attacked Judas and said, Judas, you know what would be a good idea? Send Jesus to death. No, instead what Satan did is he looked for an opportunity, a tiny little crack, a little hole in Judas's heart, just big enough for him to get his serpent's head through. And once the serpent's head is through, the rest of the body slithers in unhindered. What was that little opening that Satan found in Judas's heart? Everything that we know about Judas tells us that it was greed, that he was a poster boy for those whose love of money has led them into all kinds of evil. We know that Judas was entrusted with keeping the money 
for Jesus and his disciples. He was the treasurer. And there were people who were supporting Jesus and his disciples with large gifts. Probably it started innocently enough. Judas taking a little loan for himself with the promise to himself, I'm going to pay it back and I'm going to pay it back soon. Probably it was Judas saying, it's okay for me to charge this expense because after all, it's for the good of the whole operation. It's not just something for me and me alone. Of course, it grew bigger and bigger. And later on, as they looked back on it, the other disciples realized Judas was helping himself to the offerings that people were giving him. Judas was the one who was more indignant than anybody else about an expensive jar of perfume being poured over Jesus' feet, not because he really cared for the poor, the Apostle John told us, but because he wanted a cut of that for himself. And little by little, Satan ate away at Judas's heart. He made that greed turn Judas more and more away from Christ, more and more in love with money. Until when Judas smelled the opportunity for easy money, 30 pieces of silver glistening in the torchlight, smooth and cool in his hand, to do nothing but betray Jesus and make it look like he was just welcoming his friend. It was enough to seduce him, to hand the Lord of life, who at one time he preached and proclaimed like all of the other disciples, to hand him over to Jesus' worst enemies. And, tragically, it's not like Judas wasn't warned, right? He had heard Jesus talking about money. He'd heard everything Jesus had to say about it. And that's what makes the account of Judas so terrifying. You and I have heard the same things, right? We know what Jesus says. Store up not for yourselves treasures on this earth that rust, that moths eat, Store up treasures in heaven. You can't serve both God and money. You can't have two masters. It's one or the other. And yet, if the account of Judas should make us scared, it's because we see in Judas someone like us, a good, faithful, church-going Christian, led astray by Satan. And we might do well to ask ourselves, what holes might the serpent find in my heart? How might I, little by little, turn away from Jesus? The path to hell sometimes leads through the doors of the church. And if you were to visit Judas there, you would find with him a whole company of people who had turned away from Jesus, who were one-time faithful, church-going Christians, disciples of the Lord Jesus, but whose hearts turned away to serve money, to serve the drumbeat of this world and acceptance in it, turned away 
to another man's wife, turned away to all sorts of things that lead straight away from Christ. May that never happen to me, is what we say, right? May that never happen. But the account of Judas makes me wonder, how can I be so certain? And then the most tragic thing of all, when Judas realized what he has, had done, when he was seized with remorse, when he went and tried to unbuy his betrayal, he was met by Merciless chief priests and the truth that no amount of money could undo what he had already done. And most tragic of all, even more tragic than that, was what Judas then did. In a satanic grip of despair, unable to look at the Lord of life, Judas looked at himself, saw his great and terrible sins, and reached for the noose instead of the lifeline of God's grace. May that never be, we say. But how can we be certain? You and me, who Satan works on day and night, precisely because we are here in his word, in the church. You and me, under attack, with other things tugging at our hearts. You and me, who know honestly how many times we have betrayed the Lord Jesus. Not stealing a widow's offering, perhaps, but not really wanting to hear what God had to say about money. Not giving Jesus a kiss and handing him right over to his enemies, but not letting anybody know that we're one of his followers. Like Judas, you and I know what it means feel remorse over sin. But unlike Judas, learn the lesson of what to do when your sins are bearing down on you. And when Satan, that snake, that foul snake, has your heart in his grip and he is squeezing it, making you look at yourself and see how miserably you failed your Lord Jesus. Do not do what Judas did. Turn not to yourself. Turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus, the man sold for the price of a common slave, precisely for this reason to give a far higher price, the price of his precious and innocent blood shed on the cross for betrayers, for good, faithful Christians whose hearts sometimes get led astray.
Turn to Jesus and find in him forgiveness, joy, limitless grace. That is the very reason why his friend betrayed him and sent him to his death. Turn to Jesus. If you want certainty, the certainty that this will not happen to me, then always, always turn away from yourself and look at Jesus shedding his blood for you. Look at him and hear his word of forgiveness spoken once and for all. And know this, it is most certainly true. And cling to that lifeline of mercy and he will pull you up from the depths of despair. Amen. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.